Hey out there, it's John Kenoki. Just wanted to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Uh, some recommendations I would just throw out there is uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss, uh, The Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, or the... Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Uh, you can go ahead and download it to your iPhone, Android, anything mobile. Uh, again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. Uh, get your free trial and free audiobook today. Thank you. Welcome to Cinema 7. This is John Kenoki, your host today, changing things up a bit. John's the host. With me today, uh, the same exact people that we never change up. We have Chris Hawk. Yo! Thought he wasn't there for a second. Yeah. Took a little bit. And uh, Mario Picari, off in the distance. Hey, that's me over here. <laughs> in the distance. That's me over here. <laughs> Today we're talking about uh, The Foreigner, Jackie Chan's return to the big screen in a... Uh, U.S. Different... big screen. Yeah, the U.S. big screen, obviously. Um, we're, not, we're not talking other countries right now. Uh, but yeah, it, it's different. We'll say that. But before we uh, get into that, let's talk about some news. News, 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 news. Now, I think I, we should uh, obviously talk about the first thing that... Most people have already talked about, but we haven't talked about, and that's that Star Wars trailer. Chris Hawk, did you actually watch it? I'm not going to watch it. Okay, well, maybe, Chris Hawk, you shouldn't be in this conversation. I won't. Go ahead. <laughs> Mario, what'd you think? Uh, you know, I thought it was a uh, decent trailer. I thought it was a good trailer. I think it's very misleading, though, and I think it does that on purpose. I think, see, it's weird because a lot of movie trailers now, like we talked about it with uh, It Comes at Night, that the, the movie trailer was misleading. It was going to be this big horror movie, you know, and it was just like a survival uh, thriller. And then, you know, we, uh, there was another movie, I, I Mother, Mother looked like it was going to be a horror movie, and Mother was nothing like that in the, in the uh, when I went to go see it. So I think, I think this is a big uh, misleading thing, and I obviously it's on purpose because they're going off of what people have been speculating, you know, about uh, you know Ray turning to the dark side and stuff. So that that last scene I think is totally just to make you go. <gasps> and it, obviously, that's their goal. I, I think it's also their goal to make people who probably weren't too excited to see this one go and see it. And I think maybe it, it achieved that with that ending, but I, I don't I don't know. I like the new the new creatures they showed. I thought that was kind of neat. They're introducing a new lore to Star Wars because Force Awakens, in in my opinion, didn't really introduce any lore at all. It was it was very vague on its bat on its background. Uh, 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 hold on, 
it introduced the Star Killer. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah, Star Killer Base. Star Sorry about Star that. Star Killer Base. Star Killer Base is uh, brand spanking well, we new there. We just stop it right there. You know, okay? it's a giant uh, Death Star. Giant. What? I think. I think it is different in terms of misleading because it comes at night and Mother have very purposeful misleading to get you to go see it. Whereas I think this is to twist the plot. They want you to think that you don't, you know, the plot and you know what's going to happen and it's not going to. Mm-hmm. Though I do think the only thing the trailer does reveal is something everybody saw coming, and I'm you know, I'm not going to say anything because Chris Hawk's here. But I don't care. Do it. I mean, because they they heavily allude to the tra- in the trailer that Leia's going to die, and I think everybody knows that because they can't go forward with it. You know, she's either going to die or disappear. Yeah. So so I I, mean, I, don't, I don't feel like that revealed anything else. I, you see, I don't think they did either. I'm just, I was just talking about the last half of the trailer being really misleading because I totally don't think that's what's go- that's what is going to happen where Ray's going to go join Kylo. I think honestly, because Kylo's in flames, I honestly see that might be her uh, <laughs> wait, wait, vision wait. in the dude, this movie. The dude's on fire. The dude's on fire. No, he's not on fire. He's he's, in, in, he's like surrounded by flames. He's in flames. But, oh, that's what you said. Maybe he's on Mustafar. Who knows? Oh, oh. and. I just think I just think that that might be in her vision, you know, like tempting her in a way. And I think what she's saying is her talking to Luke and that's where Luke is going to smarten up. But I I don't want to speculate too much. I just think that because everybody's like I I saw somebody talk about the poster the other day and they're like, all the all the bad guys are always in the background. Luke is going to be the bad guy. Luke is not going to be the the freaking bad guy, people. Okay, Luke is not going to be the bad guy. Now, I don't know exactly. I can't. I'm just I I just believe I believe in no, my heart of Luke's hearts. Luke's gonna be the bad guy. He's Luke gonna be the bad. The, no, He's you gonna... shut your mouth. Luke <laughs> is not the bad guy. I think it's interesting that uh, director Ryan Johnson immediately before the trailer was like, "Don't watch it. It's gonna spoil so many things." And then it gets released, and he's like, "Oh, okay, go ahead and watch it." Yeah. What What does that say about what the trailer's trying to tell you? And what was the purpose of him saying don't watch it? Because you know he saw what was going to be revealed in the trailer, or otherwise he wouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. They 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 never would have changed it up that drastically, you know, from then to you know release and not have told him about it. I just I think it's a bit odd that he went like complete one eighty in terms of watching it and not watching it. So I'm wondering if that has to play in it. You know, I think people are analyzing it too much, but it's just odd I that think- that happened. I think what happened was that the clickbait articles about Ryan Johnson saying not to watch it grew so out of control that Ryan Johnson had to just say, you know what, just watch the trailer because he really didn't say don't watch it. He just said, be careful what you what you wish for when you watch this trailer because you are going to get things out of this trailer that maybe you didn't want to know. And he's like, you know, go in. You should you should know before seeing the trailer. Yeah, that- but he's he's posted on Twitter. He said, don't watch the trailer if you don't want uh, anything yeah, revealed yeah. to you. Yeah, it was a direct tweet that said, don't watch it if you don't want anything revealed. And then it was a, go ahead and watch the trailer. Probably he, I, I yeah, lied. Right probably got told like, by Disney, but like, hey, you can't say that. <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, the Disney maybe. snipers were out. They were like, hey, you can't say that. Hey, support your movie or well, else. I think Murder the best, your family. I think the best thing, though, is when uh, all the, like, I think it was uh, The Verve or some other magazine article was like, here we go to in-depth article on how who we think is the last jedi and ryan johnson goes it's luke he, he like yeah. r- he comes out writes and says it it's luke which is pretty it's pretty he's damn pretty funny. straight 
he's pretty straightforward in a bunch of stuff, which I, I personally like because it's like shutting down, you know, unneeded rumors. I just, I, I mean, agree with you, John. It says it, it, the last it was Jedi weird because I, f- I, yeah, I, I just, I think the trailer did what they wanted to do. I, it was a good trailer. I, I'm not going to say it was a bad trailer. I mean, like, I, like John said, the only thing they really revealed is probably how Leia may die. And I, I personally saw that coming. I, I, I thought, she, like, as soon as I saw Poe running to the thing and there's rumors about how Poe was thinking of Leia as a mother figure, I was like, that's, that's it. That's the scene right there. He's running to Leia. He's running to save Leia. And it's going to be too late. Did I, you, I don't know. Huh? Did you, did you feel desensitized to this trailer because of how much Star Wars we've had in the past two years? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't as mystified as I was in terms of, like, the Force Awakens trailer the first time, or even the Rogue One teaser at uh, Star Wars Celebration, Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Like, this trailer cool. didn't do it for me, because I think I've had too much Star Wars recently. And that's what a lot of people talked about when they announced all the anthology movies, is is it going to wear off and people turn into a Marvel scenario? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, as a this Star is Wars what, fan... This is what Mario has been talking about the entire time. As a Star Wars fan, I don't want Star Wars every single year. I, with the prequels, we got them like every two or three years, so we had the anticipation building and building. With this, obviously, people are excited for each episode, and there's been so much news coming out, so many rumors about how you know the the this sequel trilogy is not really stretched out. They're kind of building them as each movie goes along. So they don't really have a plan, a definite plan uh, outlined, which I think you got to have a planned outline. I, I, I think that rumor is false. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I, I think I was a little bit like it was a little watered. I don't want to say watered down. I, you know, like I, I just, like you said, I, it was, uh, there wasn't as much, uh, I don't know. I wasn't, mysticism behind it yeah or hype i wasn't like super like oh my god star wars episode burr, burr, burr. you know i wasn't like hmm. that but I, I mean i was a little i was a little pumped i watched it a few times in a row i think it's yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens when they release subsequent trailers what do you think about the whole darth vader mask being drawn over the poster i think that's a kind of a stretch in my opinion it's yeah, I, I think we're reaching for things at that point. But I don't know. Part of the thing with like fan theories and other people doing things is sometimes those things like become canon because creators are like, well, that was better than what we were going to do. Let's do that. It's like the Stan Lee thing. Yeah, we're never going to know if it was really a thing. But I, I don't know. Let's Let's move on to something Chris Hawk can comment on, and that's... Thor 3 will start the three-movie arc for Planet Hulk. Chris Hulk, how do you feel about that? It's not, it's not just Planet Hulk. It's like Hulk in general. And I think this yeah, is, it's Hulk's movies. Yeah, but, it's yeah. the only way to do this because the whole situation with Paramount and Marvel, I, think it's, I definitely think it's Paramount, that the reason why they can't make a movie. And I'm excited because even though it does look like they're taking an overly goofy approach to Hulk, in Ragnarok, like um, in all the scenes you see with Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner, you see he's kind of aloof, and I mean that's kind of kind of funny. That's really doesn't fit Bruce Banner's character, 
but with the Hulk character, I'm excited to see them do something that can make his character redeemable and him not always have to turn against his allies in every single movie. So I'm getting tired of that. And I would I want to see what they do because maybe they're going to sacrifice him during Infinity, one of the Infinity Wars, because I guess it's Thor 3. Um, they're going to do Infinity War, which, and then Infinity, whatever the last one's called. So I guess that's the three arc, unless he's in the Captain it's, it's Marvel weird. movie. I think the Hulk needs to be a little ridiculous, and that's just because the Hulk is so boring. Definitely. As a as a character, he just he gets angry, and you know he he becomes a superhuman. The you know problem what? is Marvel's done so many like already ridiculous characters. It's not. I'm not going to feel. It's not going to feel unique. It's going to feel like another thing. Hmm. That I mean, that's my problem. <clears throat> I mean, Thor Ragnarok in general looks like it's going to be super goofy. I've seen a couple clips or a couple scenes they uh, put out, and it just it's all super comedic. This looks more of like a straight comedy than anything. I mean, the director comes from comedy, so I can see why they flipped it to be more comedy. And especially after the whole, uh, what Thor was doing during um, Civil War video, kind of, I kind of saw it was going to be a comedy. I was just talking about this with somebody today. What's with the whole, like, neon? Did, like, Thor discover neon? Or is, like, they want this the, part they of the space? Sequel. They wanted the sequels to be more colorful. Because I think it was a big criticism of the Marvel Universe that they only use grayscale for their movies and a lot of people complain about it. So now they're doing colorfulness and now everyone's complaining about how colorful it is. So you can't win in this situation if you're Marvel. I mean, Marvel's going to win in, in general anyway. So they, they're going to the do whatever they office. want. What'd you say? That they're going to win that box office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other news, just little bites of things. Uh, Blade Runner's not number one anymore after only one week. Shocking. Detective Pikachu, <laughs> filming January 8th, you know, 2018. <laughs> Mario's stoked for that. Who, who's hey. going to be as Watson? Does it matter? Yeah, it does. He's, gotta be, he's Sherlock Pikachu, so he needs Magic to sign. Mag- <laughs> It'd probably be Meowth, let's be real. Oh, snap. He, he always he interprets. He interprets. <laughs> he interprets for Pikachu. All Pikachu says is Pika Pika, but Meowth is... You know, oh, that's classic. That's classic. Good work. Uh, but that, that's all the news I had. I don't know if you guys had any uh, out-of-left-field news that you just want to throw out there and discuss. Um, they're making a Settlers of Catan movie, apparently. <laughs> it's in development. I don't even, what even is that? The board game, Settlers of Catan? I know what it is. What's the movie going to be? It's, it's going to be like Battleship the movie. It's going to be amazing. All these farmers and stuff th- are going to be in it. It's going to be think- a straight drama. You guys think Rihanna's going to be in that movie too? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> she she's ties the board game universe together. <gasps> Whatever happened to the, uh, the Tetris movie they were supposedly going to make? I think it's been stuck in development for quite some time. Just scrap it. No, rewrite it like the Beetlejuice 2 script. What, what's up with the Be- Beetlejuice 2 script? 
they've hired someone to rewrite the script because they've had a script for forever, but mm-hmm. they've hired someone to rewrite it now, and oh. supposedly they're going to move forward with it. Do you see that Ron Howard uh, made those two guys from the Star Wars comic book and Dark Horse uh, canon? They're two like goofy guys, like uh, Quantum and Woody, kind of, but they're not superheroes. They're just like guys part of the Empire, and they're they do stupid jobs all the time. Yeah, I saw that. Something it's in weird. pink. Yeah, they're like they're supposed to be the uh, Shakespearean characters. I forget their names, but they're they're in Macbeth, and they also have their own play that that shows what they're doing during Macbeth. It's it was a show on Netflix too. I forget, but I mean, are they going to have an important part, or is it just a cameo? Or I think it's just a, like a cameo, but. He hashtagged their, uh, the comic book or the name of the two guys, the characters, and people were like, oh my god, they're kidding. Welcome to the main event. Well, let's move right into uh, The Foreigner, though, some general thoughts. I'll, uh, I'll go first. I'll tell you guys, I didn't expect this movie to be uh, as political as it was, but I generally enjoyed it. I, I can't say that I disliked it, and the theater was packed, which was not expected. But not uh, discussing anything specific, because we'll deem those spoilers. I enjoyed myself. What about you, Mara? You know, for me, this movie kind of started off a little slow. I wasn't really into about, I don't know, the first, I guess, maybe 10 to 20 minutes into the movie. I was like, oh my god, please don't be bad. (laughs) But then, you know, once the whole, more, once you got more into the political realm... And, it, you know, there was the whole, the twist halfway we'll talk about later. And then, you know, the action started to kick in. This movie started to really pick up for me, and I got really into it. Especially when the fan or the, the fans, the, the audience would laugh and get into it on, in certain scenes. I, but I, I was surprised, like, I thought it was going to be good. And then, you know, we saw the, I didn't think a lot of people were going to see it. And then, when, you know, when we got in the movie theater, there was a lot of people there. Jackie Chan's a star, okay? Man's a <laughs> man's a flipping worldwide star. It's a living legend. Living legend, Jackie Chan. Rightfully deserved. I dug the action that they did. There were some parts where I wish they would have kind of shown a little more detail to some of the things that Jackie Chan's character did. But uh, other than that, you know, I, I was really, I don't know, I was into it. Once the halfway mark hit, I think I was sold on this movie. What about you, Chris? So, um, when we talked about misleading trailers, I would say that this movie would have a misleading trailer because I expected a lot more action from this movie than what they show in the trailer because they show it's an action-packed trailer. That's that's what got us. I think that's what intrigued us all about this movie was how action-packed it was, and most of the action happens in three scenes in the movie, and. I was, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of let down with the limited amount of action there were. Now, the action that there was was fantastic. I mean, it's Jackie Chan we're talking about. He always gives 120 million percent, and these action scenes are tip-top. I, um, I didn't expect a, it to be a political thriller, and that kind of intrigued me a lot because I dig those political thrillers quite a bit. Uh, uh, in terms of acting, I thought everyone was freaking awesome. Uh, even with Pierce Brosnan's really, really good, but sometimes bad, but good again, Irish accent. And 
Jackie Chan, as always, surprises me with how much range he has, because he he is he does have some good range. I mean, it's and his English is not the best, but what he does deliver, it is on point. So I mean, I I did enjoy this movie, but I there are some things that um we're gonna talk about. We got let's give him something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of general thoughts, I, I, there's not a lot you can, you can. It's always hard to do general thoughts without going into spoiler territory, so we just jump right in. I'm not sure there's a lot of people out there that would get mad about spoilers for this movie anyway. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not really that type of movie where spoilers are a big thing. There's uh, a well, twist. Kinda, yeah, but... eh, there's about two twists. Kind of. John called the twist. <laughs> I did call them. Yes. Well, we'll we'll discuss that. Let's let's go spoilers. Um, I, I, before we get into like the depth of the movie, I knew Chris Hawk would bring it up the the misleading trailer and action scenes. Mario, did you feel the same way? Uh, a little bit. I I did dig it though. I didn't. I mean, I wasn't let down. I just I thought it was a lot better of a movie than I thought it was going to be with the political elements because it, it, it you know it's something different for uh you know a movie starring jackie chan because you know rush hour it's kind of like a buddy cop action type of movie and a lot of the movies jackie chan's in are isn't real uh you know drama-esque and i, I thought this kind of brought that element to that and it was kind of cool to see jackie chan in a movie like that and i think you needed that with the pierce brosman side of things and what hawk was talking about earlier with his accent at <laughs> first i did uh see the the accent was a little annoying you, you can tell he was trying very hard but once i got more involved into the movie with the plot and stuff i i was taken out of that element or i was taken or i don't want to you take it in like taken i was taken in i was taken in <laughs> by I kind of forgot how bad his accent was, and I and it and it kind of took over, and I felt like it got a little better once I got more uh, immersed into the the plot of the movie. Immersed. I don't know that the trailer misled me because now that I think about it, since Chris Hawk brought this up, I don't know that I expected anything out of this movie. Like, I don't know if I expected an action movie. I don't feel like I did. Neither did I. Well, I mean, like we all kind of stated. We didn't really think the movie theater was going to be packed. And then we get there, you know, the movie theaters, uh, like every seat's full almost. It was so packed. Yeah. I didn't see John and Mario right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious if they, you know, came within 10 of selling it out. It was crazy. But yeah, I don't think I was misled because I don't know that I expected an action movie from the trailer. I just knew that I saw Jackie Chan and I saw the, the brief premise and I was like, I got to see that movie. I think it was it was like a trailer made for people that like the Rush Hour series. So when they see it, they're going to be like, oh, Jackie Chan action movie. Let's go. Maybe it was made for a certain subtype of Jackie Chan fans. Chris Hall. I could see that. Yo. I forgot what the heck I was going to ask you. <laughs> uh, I forgot. <laughs> Just keep going. I'll try to remember. Okay. Well, um, the next uh, realm of discussion was uh, the politics behind this. It's they're they're kind of relevant 
if you think about it, just to you know premise this of the the Catalonian independence in Spain, where um, you know they they rioted with violence because they wanted to be independent, and Ireland's had a history of this before, so it's weird that this movie's kind of relevant. But how do you guys feel about the politics involved? Because it's it's heavy, heavily political. So I am completely ignorant of Irish and Britain politics, but I, I I'm guessing I picked up that. Ireland and Britain have not always been friends, right? It's more so that um, there main there is a group of uh, Irish people that maintain that Ireland should be independent of Britain because of its uh, you know nature, and that Britain has done nothing for them because of how far away they are, et cetera, et cetera. So, a, a extreme nationalist movement is uh, basically what the uh, Republican Army was. And it kind of resurged in the early 2010s, 2011-ish, where people started doing this violence again. But I, as far as I know, it's not relevant today, but I could be wrong. I kind of got the a sense, I, I think I remember learning about something like that, how Irish and, I mean, they, they've always been like neighbors. So I, I would figure uh, maybe England would colonize them at one point, or I thought maybe, you know, Back in the times of sword and shield, that they, you know, <laughs> they fought. So sword back and, and forth for land. So I, I, I kind of figured that's what the history of it was in this group that they wanted to be independent of the United Kingdom. But how did you feel about it as the the plot device for the movie? Uh, I think it, I think it worked. I think it made it more interesting, in my opinion. Think if it had more of a just a revenge plot without the political backdrop, it would have been as good. Uh, see, I, I think that's one thing the trailer didn't show was the political element. So you kind of thought maybe that P- Pierce Brosnan was a part of the government, the normal. Uh, I guess he's part of the UK government, but the uh, British side of it. So I, I thought that maybe he was just not. I never thought he would be like in on it and he never he, he technically wasn't which is the funny part of you know jackie chan still pursuing him i mean he's still a jerk because he cheated on his his, his uh wife but then his I, wife it's just it's crazy but i i i think it added to it i think it added to my experience especially with kind of being let down with the first 10 20 minutes of it like you know kind of thinking that the movie was going to be bad but then once the political stuff picked up, I, I personally thought the movie was better. I, uh, I really dig it when um, it gets political like that, when you have like a faux revolution group and then they actually do something to start a real revolution type-esque type of thing. I think that's what the authentic, I think that was the authentic IRA was trying to do was start another revolution, try to get people up in arms again, try to get them all amped to try to win their... I believe it was independence from the UK, and I, I really dig that. I really like how murky it became. How, I, 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 I don't know if he was truly, truly innocent because I remember when he was talking to the other cabinet guy that he wanted something small, and they end up doing something big like this where it kills ten people. And I think Pierce Brosnan's character is like, we didn't want it to be this big, or you should only hit bombs. You guys remember that? I think he actually was involved. I think I do remember a scene like that. Yeah. So what it was is he wanted 
them to do to, uh, some bombing of just uh, like businesses or locations, but not no people to win back the uh, the people, uh, whoever he's trying to get the the pardons for, for his political gain was what it was, and that's that's what that guy says. He says that all you ever wanted to do was further your own agenda when we wanted to work for Ireland, you know, and that's why they did what they did. But he was a part of it, but I guess he didn't ever want to harm anybody, so. I would say he's guilty by association. Well, I mean, at the end of the movie, he's, he's screwed either way, so. Almost death. <laughs> and, I mean, just, just on the subject of that guy, how did you guys feel about Pierce Brosnan? We've, we've touched on his accent, but other than that, how did you feel about his character, you know, his, his performance aside from the accent? Honestly, I think he carried the movie more than Jackie Chan. I... I think he was a main character. And I, I think he did pretty well. It really felt that way. Yeah, it definitely did. I, I have to agree. I have to agree with you, Hawk. I, I honestly feel like Jackie Chan, like if this was a football team, I just watched football today, so I'm using this analogy. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Jackie Chan kind of had a role in this movie, and it was to bring the action, and he was the guy that was going to set the, the... I don't want to say the tone of it. He was going to bring the excitement when they needed it. And then Pierce Brosnan was the guy that brought the drama and the uh, political aspect that they wanted to show in this movie. And I think they tried to mold them together in this movie to make the game plan work. And I I think the game plan worked in my opinion. Yeah. I really feel like Jackie Chan's almost a plot device is he's moving it forward. Cause if you think about it, it'd take forever to find these people and get these things done. And Jackie Chan's like, give me the names, give me the names. I just I saw like a behind the scenes thing or the director and Jackie Chan talking about it, like the action scenes, like they they wanted to show like the one scene in the house. They wanted to show okay, he's upstairs in a room, easy. They're gonna find him right away. He's gonna try to go out the window. He can't get out the window, so he's gonna go into the room in that in the attic and get out. And then Jackie Chan would add things like he was like, okay, well I'm gonna slide down this pole as crazy as I am, and he added you know. The stuff when he got back into the house and kicked the guy down the stairs, he'd help train all the, the, the stunt guys. The director gave Jackie Chan control in, in the action scenes that they already wanted to do to add things or, or add certain elements to the action scenes. So I, I, I thought that was kind of neat that they gave him liberties to, to uh, help add to those, those scenes. If I'm a director... And I'm working with Jackie Chan. I am going to utilize his 40-plus years of action expertise, and I'm going to let him do whatever the hell he wants to do. That's, that's what I gathered from that. that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, it's just you have Jackie Chan on your, on your squad. You can't lose. It's, it's crazy at his age, too, how, he, how he's still doing stuff like that. I mean, I, I watched the thing where he— Six, 66, right? I believe so. I— I just watched a video the other day where he talked about his training regiment, and then they had five people do his training that he usually does every day, and they couldn't, they couldn't do all of it. Like a lot of them couldn't do it, except for one yoga guy who was like could stand on his head or whatever. But, but other than that, Jackie Chan, it, they never showed Jackie Chan doing them either. So that's kind of funny. You have to admit. Yeah, <laughs> he's it is like, oh, funny. You, got, you got, you got to try harder. <laughs> it's like. Uh, so it's confirmed that Jackie Chan did his own stunts? Yes. Because I know there was, there was talk about how he wouldn't be doing them or 
Ooh. He he like people thought he wasn't gonna do them, but I could never see Jackie Chan not doing his own stunts. I think the stuff a living legend. I think the stuff where he falls down the stairs in the house, I don't think that's entirely him. But the part where he slides down the pole, I think he he wanted to do that himself, as I saw from that that clip of him and the director talking, because he wanted to add a little he wanted to add to certain scenes and then he would help train the the actors on doing certain stunts. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's classic Jackie Chan there. I, he he really doesn't have a lot of stunts to do in the movie, though, so I don't know why that was a big issue. Like, people were talking about him returning to it and not doing his own stunts, because there's barely any in the movie. If you really think about it, other than the few scenes, but... There was, um, uh... How'd you... Oh, sorry, John. No, go ahead. Uh, there was one thing I wanted to bring up about uh, one of the action scenes in the woods. I don't know if you wanted to uh, talk about that now or if you were going to bring No, we up. can. I'm around Jackie Chan. Let's do it. I wanted to mention that I wish they would have showed him laying some of the traps down. And I don't know if, if he did while I went to the bathroom because I had to take a, a pee-pee <laughs> break. Uh, they, they don't. I wish that's one of my complaints is I wish they would have shown him uh, laying those traps down because you know the, the people when they chase him in the woods and they get stuck you know the nail in the foot in the ground and when he captures wanted, the one guy you I, wanted a montage you wanted a montage yeah of kind of I wanted the them to show him laying the traps down because it's just like okay I guess he laid traps down I think it works better that they didn't and this is just my personal opinion because then you get the the shock value of the traps and I think that's what they were going for is like Okay, this guy got captured that way. Like the trap trapdoor spider. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it was pretty neat. I mean, I'm not gonna say they weren't bad. I mean, I was still I, I still think people would have been like, eh, when the foot went into the nails, but I wish they would have showed him digging the hole. Maybe they could have done that and he would have been like, What's he digging a hole for? And then or laying down the, the, the leaves, this the be the trapdoor spider type deal. I don't know. I, I just felt like they could have showed him setting that up because I, I, I Maybe that I thought that adding the more detail right there could have added to his character. You, you physically seeing his character know these special things, other than you know him fighting off these guys. Yeah, and that trap, making uh, homemade bombs. Yeah, that trap door uh, trap. Um, we never see that guy ever again. He <laughs> That's because he's trapped under there. <laughs> That's because there's actually real trapdoor spiders under that trapdoor spider oh, trap. Don't play Eating around. Him. Realistically, that guy probably died because no one ever found him. And starved <laughs> to death. That's the unfortunate reality we live in. Yeah. And Jackie Chan has to live with that. Yeah, he has to live with that, that horror. But we stuff. know from his U.S. Special Forces file <laughs> that he's okay with that. True Those that. old pictures of Jackie Chan, pretty fantastic. That was pretty I neat. Think they looked like they were from First Strike or um, A1 or just very early, Rumble in the Bronx. They looked like legit. I hope they, I hope they were like legit old pictures and not like CGI or something I mean, like they that. should have been. There was no reason yeah, why they couldn't have no done reason. actual pictures. No reason not to. He's been in so many things that you could easily compile that together and pretend he was Special Forces in real life. Yeah. And somebody who doesn't watch movies would believe you. I mean, they could have been behind the scene. Uh, photos taken on some of the movies he's done, like Drunken Master and stuff, and they just add, like, you know, photoshopped a dog tag on him. Who knows? So let's let's talk about some of the other actors. Um, the uh, 
Loki? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shane, I think his name was. I thought it was Le- no, Liam was um Pierce Brosnan. Liam was Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, I think the character's name was Shane, the nephew, uh there was the wife, the uh burnt hand guy and all all the miscellaneous characters. How do you how do you guys feel about them? So, Mario, was it you that called him Loki or was it John that called him Loki right off the bat? That was Mario. <laughs> so it made the, let me just say it made the or movie kick-ass. 20 times better when Mario called uh, Liam's cousin Loki because uh, anytime Nephew. we anytime he was on the feet anytime he was on the um, on the TV on the screen we just on like Loki on the field anytime he was on the field uh, we were just like Loki it's Loki he, and it was if uh, he was it, on the field he'd be tight uh, end yeah he was a great old tight end. I love the uh, twist with him and uh, the wife. I love the, um, I love the fact that he was supposed to be a big badass, but Jackie Chan like double his age, took him down real fast, and uh, they had a nice little talk in the forest. I, I well, I thought it was kind of neat that he wasn't really a part of the twist. He just kind of helped. He he kind of was. She was, I think, stringing him along because she knew he was close to Pierce Brosnan character, so she was using that in a way to get in. I think she knew she could get information and she did. At least that's how I, I took it. Cause she, she he kind of let, let him stay alive. Cause I think he knew that he wasn't really gonna, I don't, you know what I mean? Pierce Brosnan's character didn't know that his nephew. Yeah. He, he wasn't, the nephew wasn't at fault. He was literally led along. He probably was cheating on the wife. Or cheating with the wife for quite some time. There, there's more to suggest that that was just like a one-time thing because they both kind of go at it immediately. Yeah, but well, you do give... get the idea that he he was obviously uh, tricked into giving information. They gave each other a look when you first when they first when he first shows up in the hat in the farm, in the firm. Um, the wife gives him a look when they first meet. Yeah, it, it's clearly there, but. I do think it's neat that he uh, made him kill the wife to, uh, you know, get rid of it. And then he was like, you better get out of here or yeah, I got people coming for you. I, uh, I think he, that guy, that actor, Loki, uh, kick ass, <laughs> whatever you want to say. I think he served his purpose. I mean, he didn't really do too much other than fight uh, Jackie Chan. And well, he, he put on camo and went into the woods with a gun. He tracked, he tracked him, even though I think, you know, John, John, who's an Eagle Scout, could have tracked Jackie Chan a little bit better because this guy kind of just walked out there and was like, oh, I found Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan found him. He didn't even find Jackie <laughs> yeah, Chan. That was, that was, that was bl- BS. You don't track like that. You're usually in a spot like watching for apparently, a long time. Apparently, Chris well, you're not Hawk the best tracker. OK, you don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. But I, I think he served his purpose. I think he he did he did the role how he was supposed to do the role. I I think the wife was really good. I thought the wife was pretty good actress. Yeah, I mean it's weird because there's only really two main characters in the whole movie, and maybe the police uh, chief guy who was awesome. He was pretty good, but I mean otherwise nobody really has any depth to the characters. The uh, minus Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. The chick from London, the other political lady, the Brit on the British side of things. I thought she was, she wasn't bad actress. Are you talking about the bomber? No, the uh, the 
the politician from England. I thought she, I didn't oh, think yes. she was that bad. She was a good, formidable, uh, yeah, that's elected official. That's, that's the thing. I don't think anybody was bad. I just don't think there was a lot to go off of, really. Yeah, to be able to talk about them. That's the unfortunate thing because definitely really focus all the discussion on Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Like, like I said who earlier, didn't, who didn't even fight. So we have Pierce Brosnan, who was a double O agent, and we don't even see him and Jackie Chan fight. What? When he argues with the other guy, though, I I felt that I thought that was a real argument. I was like, this is a real argument <laughs> with the uh, his friend from the IRA. Yeah, I was like, that's a real argument. I believe it. <laughs> and we we touched on it a little bit the the whole twist of the wife, you know, helping out and people turning on him and him not knowing it all. I think that kind of completed the movie. The movie feels complete in terms of what it does, which, I mean, now that you think about it, a lot of movies don't really feel that way anymore because you get the whole, is there going to be a sequel or not, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this movie cares about that. No. Because I, I, they clearly leave it open to where something could happen because he's alive, unlike the uh, the book, as Chris Hawk pointed out beforehand, where he dies. A lot of people die in the book. I, like I said earlier, if this was like a football team, everyone had a role to play, and the game plan, I thought, was executed. I thought, you know, if, if this was a football game, they had a rough start for me personally, but once it got going, man, I, you know, full steam ahead, they won the game. They won the game for me. It wasn't you made those halftime adjustments. Yeah, yep. it wasn't. It wasn't like your QB got hit in a wrong way and broke his collarbone and was out for the season, and then your whole team screwed because your star quarterback is out for the season. So you just gotta, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and hope that your your team can eventually make the playoffs again. But that's probably not gonna happen because your team is pretty garbage without your star quarterback. I mean, you know, it's just yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds. I don't. I don't know if that's happened recently, but yeah, that's gonna suck. <laughs> I mean, if it, for all the people who don't uh, watch sports <laughs> who didn't understand that, John, can you please explain in the term of League of Legends? <laughs> yeah, so it's like if you're you're uh, you're you know in a five v five ranked match, yeah. you need this this one win, and you're gonna get yeah gold. You know, you're gonna gold for the first time in your life. <laughs> and one guy quits on you, and you're playing with, you know, four players. Yeah. You're never going to win. <laughs> That's like the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I, know, I should know because I'm 2-0. and I'm undefeated in League of Legends, you know? Mario's the only undefeated person in League of Legends. That's, yeah. 2-0, and baby. <laughs> but I, anyway, I, do you guys have any other kind of discussion or things you wanted to bring up? Because there's, there's not a whole lot of depth to the movie that you can discuss. Yeah. In terms of like just analyzing it and breaking it down, but it was a good movie. I got about despite two, that. Yeah, I got about two discussion topics. Uh, the first one is, what was your guys' favorite action set piece? There's, uh, you got the the Airbnb, you have the woods, and then you have the uh, terrorist place. Uh, for me personally, it'd probably be the terrorist place. It just everything. Uh, I I wanted Jackie Chan to take them all out. I'm. And I kind of wanted him to fight his way out of there and die. That's what I thought was going to happen against the SWAT team. But it, I, I just completed the movie for me was with him taking out the the terrorists. I, I that was it was awesome, especially all the the shooting and stuff in there. I, it was intense for me. I'd have to say the Airbnb to me was the best, just because of 
am trying to flee at the same time as fighting these guys off. And it's just kind of a different set. I mean, the apartment too is a you know a difference in art. Well, I guess it. I guess it's an apartment building. Yeah, it's like a different set piece. It's not like a some sort of hideout or lair. It's yeah. literally just like a a, a two room apartment, which is pretty cool. I'm gonna round it out, and I'm gonna say the woods because I think the traps were pretty pretty intuitive. They were very different from what you see in usually wood trap movies where they do traps like that. Uh, they have the spikes and the trapdoor spider, which I thought was pretty neat. And of course, Jackie Chan drop, kind of drop kicking a guy into you know a tree it was pretty dope. That was amazing. Uh, it's was, it's was pretty fantastic. You know what's kind of neat is when John said they have three different locations. It, it, it's like it's like when you're doing a trilogy of a movie and you have three different locations for each trilogy to kind of set one apart from the other one. It's kind of like each action movie, each action scene they treat it as a as like a different. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like I de- it, yeah, they, I definitely do. It definitely was a, almost like a different act. Yeah. A three-act play kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so I, 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 I want to bring up... That's pretty cool. I want to bring up, uh, how did you guys feel about the like the British response team, like the SWAT team, or just the British intelligent and ge- intelligence in general, not, uh, it, not being part of the Jackie Chan plotline at all? It's really only Pierce Brosnan's people and Jackie Chan, and they, he never deals with the British intelligence side and I think it would have added a little bit more drama, like Mario was saying, if he had to fight the SWAT in the end, or maybe the SWAT team was like stopping him from going in there or something like that. He had to fight his way in and out type of thing. What did you guys think about how it was only one-sided and it was basically just Jackie Chan and only Pierce Brosnan? I think it makes sense the way they did it. If you would have put the the British response team against him, it's almost uh, it's almost an American response to do that. Uh, American, the American government would be like, "No, nobody takes our job. We're gonna do it." <laughs> and I could see that in an American movie, but I think it really fits in terms of uh, the laid backness of European countries to believe that they could just let this man live because they did the job for him, but they'll take the credit because uh, it's just a different atmosphere over there in terms of like crime and everything. Like it is more relaxed. It's not as uh, uptight as America, and I, th- I think that would have made it feel like a streamlined American movie at that point if he was fighting the people that he was helping and not hurting in any way at all. So I liked it. I, I don't know that I would have liked it if he had to fight his way out. I kind of like or the, them in general. I kind of like what you said there because it makes it feel like it's a foreign movie, in a sense, being true to the uh, elements of the country they're in and. And, uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I mean, they're kind of relevant to the plot. You kind of go back and forth between them. And I think they, they do kind of figure it out on their own in a way. And I think it's cool that you get to see that. So I, it didn't really, it didn't really bother me. I mean, I, I, for some reason I thought maybe the police chief guy was going to be bad, but just because of his, uh, his acting and how, lax he was and how uh his facial expressions seemed like he was always kind of like mad in a way but he wasn't really <laughs> mad 
He's a hard ass. I don't ass, know. I, it, it didn't. It didn't really bother me. I, I think they all. I think, like I said earlier, everything had a role to play, and and at the end, I felt completed. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it came full circle, and that's why I really enjoyed the movie. Those are some good uh, topics, Chris Hawk. I uh, I appreciate your contribution. Boom, Chris Hawk. I do have to ask, since you were a little bit let down by the action, do you think this will be on your biggest letdowns of the year? Oh no, I I think I already have. Uh, actually, let me check right this instant. I mean, don't I do name not... them off. You gotta no, no, wait no, no, for no, no, final no. countdown. Uh, nope. I already have my uh my three letdowns. Are you doing three? Yeah. How many are you guys doing? I had five. Oh, I'll do five. I'll put this one All on my. All I know five. is I'll put this one on my fourth. My list is gonna be completely different. And my letdowns will probably include things on your top tens. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, hey, I, I expect. I expect. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's Suicide that's about squad. nostalgia and my brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, I expect to see emoji but, movie on your top ten, John. Oh, just because the episode afterwards, it's gotta be. That was a good episode. It was. Only positive. Let's uh, let's get into final summaries, final grades. I'll go first, uh, out of order, because you know normally the host goes last or something ridiculous. No, Chris Hawk has to go last because of the. That's, he does have the Rubicon, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I give it a seven out of ten. I think it was a good movie. I think it was worth watching. Um, if you like Jackie Chan, you know you got to support him. Get um get him back into more uh, accessible things to the American audience because. You know, I've said it three times. So I'll say it a fourth time. Living legend. Mario. Hold on. It's uh, Mario's way of saying he wants a moment of silence for the living legend, Jackie Chan. Exactly. Um, moment <laughs> of silence for the uh, living legend, Jackie Chan there. I just want, I, you know, I, like I said before, you know, I, I guess I'll be repeating myself. I went into it not really having any expectations. The audience kind of, hired my expectations how many people were there i was excited to see jackie chan again i didn't think the movie was going to wow me but i i thought maybe it could you know the action could impress me i was a little you know thinking it was going to be a stinker in the first 10 20 minute mark and then somewhere about halfway it started to pick up for me and i got really immersed and the political stuff added a great element the action, you know, the, the the three different action set pieces, now that I think about it after John mentioned it, like three different acts, it, that really was a cool thing uh, personally for me to see on the screen. And everyone had a role to play, and at the end of it, like I said, I felt the movie was complete, and I'm only going to say one more thing. Chris Hawk's not going to like it. Better than The Departed. I'm going to give this movie an 8 out of 10. Chris Hawk and your Rubicon? I'm triggered right now. I, I gotta, Give me a couple seconds. All right, so the Rubicon, I think it's pretty evident which couple movies I'm going to pick because uh, they're almost, one of them's beat for beat, very similar to it. So, Foreigner, I, I didn't, I expected a little bit more action and I didn't get it. So that would be the only letdown for me for this movie. Uh, 
I definitely enjoyed the political aspect to it. Anything involved that has political thrillers where it's, you know, different countries involved, different types of terrorist groups. I, I mean, I dig all of that. I dig backstabs. I dig, I don't dig cheating on your wives. That's not fun. Um, Loki's great. So, of course, I picked Law Abiding Citizen. It's basically almost the same movie, but in the end, um, Gerald Butler dies, and J.B. Fox is the savior of the movie. And in this movie, obviously, Jackie Chan lives. So, those are, I mean, those are like the two things that are different. And uh, if you haven't, Mario was talking about earlier how Jackie Chan yeah. doesn't really have a lot have um, of the drama movies. Uh, Police Story is one of his better Actually, I would say Police Story is one of the better Jackie Chan drama movies out there. And if you haven't seen it, I would, I'm not even going to mention a lot of it because it's a really good police story drama movie with Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> police Story is a good police story, okay? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really good. It has Jackie Chan in that drama role where he's mostly doing, you know, He's mostly doing that type of role. He's not, it's not a lot of action, and he excels in it. And I believe it, it might be Police Story that, was, um, that The Departed was based off after, after. It's one of those Chinese, or maybe it was a different movie. But I know it's a, a Chinese movie that The Departed was, uh, was uh, made after. Those are my two movies for the Similarity Rubicon, uh, Lollabying Citizen, and Police Story. So as Chris Hawk just said, Law Abiding Citizen and Police Story, uh, Rubiconed. Mario gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Do you guys have any weekly recommendations? We'll just throw it out there just because. If you're a fan of Jackie Chan movies and you like Kung Fu stuff, check out The Five Deadly Venoms. It is my favorite Kung Fu movie. I think it is one of the better Kung Fu movies because, I mean, Kung Let's be honest, you watch Kung Fu for the action and how goofy it can be. Or how goofy the uh, the the dubbing is, too. I think Five Deadly Venoms, you know, it has all that, <laughs> but it also has a great story. It, it It's one of the better stories in a Kung Fu or action movie. And it's, you know, it's from the 70s, in my opinion. Just the whole revealing of who the Scorpion-style guy is, the... Uh, the way they're trying to take over the the territory, how they're taking out the old kung fu master in the territory to get his money, it, it's it's amazing. And then the the lat the ending fight scene that you know finally stop these dickwads. It's awesome. Check out Five Daily Venoms. That's my weekly recommend. Mario, is that the movie where we dubbed uh, "I'm Hungry, Real yeah. Hungry"? <laughs> well, he actually says that in the movie. He's like, oh, okay. "I'm hungry." Real hungry. <laughs> um, for my weekly recommendation, I am recommending Mindhunter on Netflix. It's about the 1960s to present day um, formation of the psychoanalysis of serial killers in the, F in the FBI and how they were profiling, how they started to profile, profile uh, these types of people that were coming up out of nowhere during this time and how they and how they dealt with it because this, serial killers they just they just started to come out of nowhere and they they wanted to figure out how to track them and this is how that show and how it came to be it's it's pretty dang good 
the the main actor I did I haven't seen him in much in anything, but all the other actors in the show you have seen them, you have seen them. They're pretty recognizable. It's Hawk, pretty well have you seen the Have you seen the Zodiac Killer or the the is it the Zodiac Killer? The movie is just the Zodiac. Maybe are you talking about with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and yeah, Mark yeah, it's phenomenal. It's, with David Fincher, yeah, yeah, it's it's phenomenal because David Fincher directed the first two episodes of Mindhunter. Oh wow! Yeah, it's very well I made. That. I would say the first episode, it it might be slow for some, but if you like that slow burn first episode of a series, it definitely tickles that fancy. Uh, the serial killers in this show are frightening. This is I if you are the faint of heart type viewer, I wouldn't I wouldn't go go I wouldn't watch this because this. This really takes a look at humanity and how dark it can be, and it is kind of depressing. And it's for it's 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 just very very it's very it's icky. It's it kind of makes you want to take a shower after some t- some of the serial killers they interview. Mm-hmm. It's it's very good. Uh, I, I would oh, I'm almost halfway done, and this is almost a perfect ten out of ten show for me, and I haven't even finished it yet. I'm telling you, Hawk. Check out uh, Manhunt as well. I, that was my weekly recommend, like last episode or not? Is that no? Because last that about episode, tra- that's about the Unabomber, right? With um, yeah, I think I with, think you um, like that name? based on what's his name? Uh, um, Manhunt. What's his name? Uh, Sam Worthington's Who? in it, right? Sam Worthington. Yeah, it's it's on my list. I watched the first episode, but I was like, it's nah, a slow. It's my, slow. Mindhunter. Mindhunter's on. <laughs> Mindhunter. <laughs> Mindhunter. I uh, personally don't have a weekly recommend. I just knew Chris Hawk was all about that mine hunter, so I had to give him an opportunity oh, snap. to ship it. But ship with that, um, we're Cinema 7, and you can uh, check us out on the worldwide internets. Obviously, if you listen this far, you're a supporter of our podcast, so tell your friends, tell your family, tell people randomly on the street if you have to. Hey, I see you got headphones uh, in. Listen to Cinema 7 podcast there, pal. Yeah, <laughs> tell them to go to iTunes, tell them to go to Facebook. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, follow us, tweet us, talk to us, email us if you want to be on the episode. Uh, go to Patreon, uh, Cinema 7, throw us a dollar, we'll mention your name on the podcast like so every time. Uh, thanks Chris Hawk, thanks Mario, thanks me, uh, thanks Mario's mom, because it, it really helps us out, you know, and thanks, uh, mom. gets us going. Thanks your mother. <laughs> thanks your mother. Thanks my mother. But with that, uh, we'll throw it over to Chris Hawk and... Uh, let him do the classic outro. As always, we at Cinema 7 want to thank you for listening with us. Thank you for watching with us. And thank you for exploring with us. Bonanza.
podcast.